Hey everyone, and thanks so much for joining me for another episode of Coco Studio Chats. Today is episode 15, and I'm so excited to be joined by Kalia from South Coast Studio. I came across Kalia through the amazing wonderland of Instagram um, earlier at the beginning of this year. And I actually got to know her quite well by doing one of her courses, which has been so, so amazing for helping me and my business um, and growing so much in terms of my brand strategy. And we'll get into all of that. So Kalia, thanks so much for joining me. How are you? Thank you for having me. I am good. I'm so excited to be here. I was telling you just before, this is my first podcast. So yeah. I am so, so excited to chat with you. First podcast. So cool. Hey, um, <laughs> tell us, how's your week been? My week has been good. Um, it's been a little bit stressful. I am moving house um, yeah. in a couple of days. So trying to pack up, you know, your whole house is very time consuming and um, tedious and exhausting. But yeah. no, otherwise I've had a good week besides That's having good. to, yeah, pretty much sort through four years worth of crap in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I can, oh my God, I can imagine that would be a pain, especially when you also work for yourself. It's hard to like manage both still run your business whilst also still trying to do other things and like you know run errands and do everything else that's <laughs> that's needed to be done um so how did you get into design I actually don't know this I've known you for a few months but I have no idea how did you actually get into doing graphic design yeah so it's a little bit of a roundabout way story um I kind of always grew up thinking I was going to be um like a psychologist or do something in the mental health field I'm really really passionate about mental health um and I had like a lot of friends kind of go through mental health stuff when I was younger so I was really adamant that I'd be a psychologist or a mental health nurse so um I actually started university and started a degree um within mental health nursing so I did that for a whole week a week <laughs> and I was like yeah, this isn't, this isn't for me. Um, I didn't want to be a nurse. Um, I didn't realize that I would have to do, you know, all of the core nursing subjects just to kind of get to mental health. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to bite the bullet and I'm going to do psychology. So I transferred to do psychology. Um, but at the time I was working, uh, interning for a church and they, their graphic designer had just left and they knew that I knew Photoshop. I had done a couple of Photoshop things um over the years you know just at high school and um just the basic I stuff. Did, like, photography and so I knew a tiny little bit of photoshop so they were like oh can you just do like this in photoshop and I was like sure so I just kind of started doing design in photoshop for them to fill in for the designer that had left and I thought oh why don't I do like a course in this like an online kind of diploma just see how I go with it um and if I like it. So I enrolled to do a diploma whilst I was going to study psych. Um, but this diploma, it was a year long online course and it was going to cost me $18,000. And for people who don't know, that's more than a three year bachelor degree <laughs> at university. So I enrolled in this and I was going to do psych and I kind of just thought, oh, I really like design. Like this is kind of fun and I'm going to save more money and maybe I'd be a better psychologist if I had some more years life experience. So mm. I can always come back to psych. So after another week of psychology, I went and um, deferred and 
like enrolled in graphic design. Um, and it was a kind of a miracle that they took me. I didn't have a portfolio. I didn't have, you know, I'd never done a design class in university. Um, I didn't, I just had to show them like one or two pieces of work, which I'd whipped up in Photoshop, mind you. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how I got started in design. But all the while, you know, studying, I was thinking, am I going to do this long term? Is this something that I really want to do? Like, I didn't really know. And I was like, maybe I'll go back to psych. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, that was however many years ago, and it seems to have stuck. So I'm still working in it. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. So a little bit of a roundabout way it definitely wasn't something I ever thought I would do. Like I didn't ever say that I was the creative person or, you know, I want to be an artist or I want to, you know, create for a living. That was never what I wanted to do. But I mean, I kind of fell into it and I've loved it ever since. <laughs> that's amazing. I, that's actually quite similar to how I got into it as well was through uni, didn't know what else to do. It was the only degree course that seemed interesting to me. Mm. And like you just completely fell in love with it and found the passion for it and like never looked back so sometimes it's interesting how even though it's not sometimes like that childhood um passion that you just know you're going to be like I'm going to be a graphic designer like this is what I'm going to do and sometimes you just fall into it and then it just happens to be like the best thing that's ever happened but I feel like um when we were sort of growing up it wasn't super known as like a pathway I would say mm -hmm. like I, I don't know I think back then graphic designers were very different to graphic designers today like would you agree yeah so when I was um studying the like graphic design I didn't even think that that would be I wasn't sure what that was going to look like in the future mm -hmm. I thought because I was studying graphic design that you know I'd end up doing just plain graphic design like posters and artwork covers and I would have to work for a studio you know I didn't know about this world of branding and no one it wasn't talked about because it wasn't as you know relevant as it is today and For I sure. think the whole Instagram branding community design world definitely was not as big back then as what it is now so I, even studying I thought I didn't really have a plan or an idea of what this was going to look like for me or what the course was actually going to get me I just was kind of going along with the flow <laughs> So you didn't, did you, did you kind of have an idea of I want to work for myself or I'm going to go into a studio um, as a junior designer and make, you know, work myself up? Yeah, I kind of always thought that I would work for someone else. Um, yeah. That doesn't mean that I wanted to work for someone else, um, but I just never thought that I would run my own business. So I always thought I'd work for a studio. Um, but then, yeah, I, my first year out of uni, I landed an in-house design position um and I did that for a few years before I kind of took the leap but yeah I really had no idea I was kind of just yeah I, there were there were days where I was like maybe I could start my own agency but mm. then that would kind of go away and I'd be like no it's fine I'll just work for someone else so yeah I really had no clue when I was, yep. uh, when I was studying do you think it was kind of like a fear of working for yourself that sort of made you like keep it at the back of your mind for a few years um I think that is definitely part of it in just the, I don't know how to run a business. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and probably to like laziness, like it's just easy to work for someone else. Like it's for easy sure. to just go into work, show up and leave at 5 PM. Like I don't have to think about it. Um, and yeah, I was, I guess I did the course because I was at the time working in a position that kind of needed me to be a good graphic designer. 
So I was never really like forward thinking about Mm. what this would be for a career for me. I was just thinking, okay, well, it's getting me through the here and now. And before I started my business, it was always like, yeah, I'll do design for a little bit, but maybe I'll go back and do my dip ed so I can teach, or maybe I'll go back and do psych. So I never really thought about it as a career. It was just kind of getting me from point A to point B for the time being. Yeah, no, that's, that totally makes sense. And I think, I think for people today that are studying graphic design, I hope that they can see so much more potential in that as a career and especially when you do go and work for yourself. Um, So you've been doing South Coast Studio for just uh, one year full-time, right? You just had your one-year anniversary of doing it full-time. So how was South Coast Studio born? Um, In a little bit, again, of a roundabout way. (laughs) Um, I had, ever since I finished uni, I had been doing freelance on the side, you know, the occasional wedding invitation for friends or the occasional logo or like brochure for someone but it was never like I mean I don't think I ever got paid more than like $300 for something like it was never a meant to be a full-time gig um and when I was working for um like being an in-house designer and then got a position um within like a, a little studio and we kind of just did some branding and web stuff and that was when I really started to fall in love with branding and websites you know I had done logos but it wasn't it was just logos. It was not branding. Um, and then I remember thinking, oh, I kind of like this. Maybe I want to do this a little bit more. So I actually did. Um, I don't know if you know the influencer, Brittany Lee Saunders. So I Sounds did. Um, yeah. So she's a YouTuber and um, influencer, but she has a um, clothing label called Fate the Label, but she also has a swimwear label called Staple Swim. Um, and going back a couple of years, she had spoken on Instagram how, you know, she liked the idea of creating this swimwear line and me being super bold at the time, just emailed her and was like, Hey, like, I'd love to do the logo for you. Um, and she was like, sure. And I was like, sweet. So I did the logo for her and was kind of like, this is insane. I can't believe I'm doing this, but did the logo for her. And then when she kind of announced it on, you know, her Instagram that this was the logo for the branding, she had said to me, do you have an Instagram? Like, so that I can tag you. And I was like, no, (laughs) I was like, crap. And so now I'm like, I need to put together an Instagram so that she can tag me. So I literally just um, repurposed an old Instagram that I had, which I used to sell like succulents in like um, handmade pots. And that business was called On the South Co. And I just repurposed it and called it South Co. um, Studio. And then, yeah, mainly so that she had somewhere to tag that wasn't my personal. And from that, it kind of became a little bit, maybe I could do this full time. Like maybe I could kind of, you know, do things at the time. My cousin, Amber Ladd, she was running her studio full time. And she had said to me, just start posting, like just post. You don't know what's going to happen. Like just post things. And I was like, okay, okay. So yeah, I literally just started posting some really bad work, but um, that kind of, yeah, kind of led into me thinking maybe this is a sustainable you know, business and career option for me. Um, And yet kind of became something that I thought about a little bit more. And maybe a few months into that, I was like, okay, I want to do this full time. How are we going to make that happen? So yeah, it's so cool. um, Just over two years of running South Coast Studio. And yeah, like you said, a year running it full time. 
That's amazing. And it's, it's cool. It's funny how like that first client really does give you the taste for it and the taste for how amazing it is to have full creative control, work for yourself um, and have that really like one-on-one client relationship. Cause when you're in a studio, you have an account manager that takes Mm -hmm. care of that liaising between clients and designers. Um, So yeah, that's makes sense. You know, that your first job just gives you that like drive to just make this happen. Um, yep. And was that a paid work for that first logo? No, that no, was it free? wasn't paid. It was just out of the, I just really wanted it. I really wanted to do something. Um, That's amazing. And I think it's it's totally worth it to do stuff for free. Like I actually did a podcast a couple of weeks ago all about whether creative should work for free or not. I don't know what your philosophy on it is, mm-hmm. but I think that's just proven exactly what what my thought is that sometimes it can be super, super worth it to do yeah. some things for free. Is that what you what you reckon as well? Um, yeah, I think if you're relying, like if I was relying on South Coast Studio as my full income, then working for free would probably not be a very wise business move. Yeah, no, um, yeah, for sure. But at the time I was working full-time for someone else and this was the start of my business journey. It was, um, you know, I wanted a creative outlet. My other full-time job um, whilst I was an in-house designer, it was not overly creative. It was mainly updating, you know, old marketing material and things like that. So I really wanted that creative outlet that I kind of craved. So by doing it for free, it enabled me to have that. And, you know, at the time I wasn't, I didn't set out to do that logo and think, and to create a business. I set out to do the logo just to have fun and be creative and try something new. So I definitely think it can work in your favor as long as you're not relying on, you know, that venture to pay your bills. Yeah, <laughs> then no, that's, that's exactly um, the same thought that I have as well. Yeah, That's exactly what I said. I said, you know, if this is your full-time job, then maybe it's really not the most wise mm. thing to do. But yeah, at the beginning, it can open so, so many doors. Yeah, definitely. Um, so how did you, I'm so interested to know, how did you transition from your full-time agency mm. work to working for yourself? Yeah, so... Um, I, so yeah, like I said, I was working for the agency and then she actually closed down. Um, So I, that was when I really thought, okay, I really want to take this full time. Um, And I actually went back to my old job as an in-house designer um, for a wax manufacturer. So, um, but I went back under the pretense and I said, you know, I'm going to run my own business and I'm not going to be here for long. Like that's the condition of me coming back is I want to come back, but you have to know that this is kind of just my stepping stone to get to my business. And they were amazing. I couldn't have asked for a better manager there. Um, And I just always made sure that I kept her informed of where I was. Obviously not everyone has that opportunity to say to their manager, Hey, FYI, I'm going to be quitting soon. Like, you know, people, that's kind of really unheard of that you have that relationship, but she was really good in a sense that she made me feel like I could tell her when I thought, you know, I was going to be quitting and I just had a really open communication, but that, um, I went back in probably the, probably April, I think. And then I quit the following May. So I was back there for about 12 months. Um, and it was very hard. (laughs) It was not easy. I was working, you know, 60 hours plus a week. I would wake up at 5am, go to a cafe, work until 8.30, drive to my full-time job, work till five, come home, work till 10, go to bed. 
wake up and repeat. Um, so it, it, it is not all sunshine and rainbows and roses like Instagram would make you believe sometimes. Um, and as much as I hate the word hustle, it was definitely a hustle. Like I was working, I was overworking, like I was working myself to the bone. Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely like a time in my life where I was just striving to reach that goal of going full time. Like that's all I wanted. Like that was my whole focus was just, I cannot wait to be full time. Like every, every income, every penny that dropped into my bank account stayed in the business bank account. Like I worked with so many clients because I had this goal to go full time and I knew that the only way I could do that was if I had enough money to support me. So I set out with a, a goal of um, saving up three months worth of uh, income and expenses. And yeah, I was not going to leave unless I had three months. Um, and then I hit kind of the three month uh, goal and I thought, oh, I'm going to save up for six months. I'm going to have six months. And I kind of just kept pushing it out and pushing it out. And I don't know if it was because I was scared, like I was terrified to make that leap. Um, but also I wanted a safety net. You know, I wanted to feel really secure in my savings and to know that when I handed in that resignation that I didn't have to have all these clients lined up, that, you know, I had enough money to kind of sustain me. So, yeah, it was a long process. Uh, looking back, it feels like it wasn't that long. But in the moment, I just remember thinking, am I ever going to be able to go full time. Um, so yeah, after about a year of uh, doing both, I finally got uh, enough income um, saved up. I ended up with about 10 months worth of income saved up. Like I really, yeah, I probably overachieved on the saving, um, but that was what I needed. And not everyone needs that. I know people quit with no savings and no clients and that works for them. But for me, I'm an overthinker and I'm a list maker and I'm very type A and everything has to be organized and structured. And so I needed uh, a good safety net to feel safe and secure enough to hand in my resignation. So yeah, then I, um, I had a few clients lined up and I kind of handed in my resignation one day and said, I'm finally out of here. And it was like yes. such a bittersweet moment. Like I was so excited, but also so flipping terrified. But yeah, it was a long journey to get from, um, you know, working it part-time. And in that time too, I decreased my working days at this job to increase my studio days. So I ended up, you know, doing four days as an in-house designer and one day for South Coast Studio and then three days as an in-house designer and two days for South Coast Studio. So I definitely, it was a long process, but I tried to make it work kind of every step of the way. So I hope yep. that answers the question. Yeah, wow. It is blowing my mind how how similar, I, I guess, our paths have been because I also had a part-time job before going full-time and also had such a great privilege of being able to decrease my days as well and increase Coco Studio as I went along. Um, and yes. I think that can be a bit harder if you're like in a full-time Monday to Friday job. You know, those jobs usually aren't as flexible to, you know, let you decrease your amount of days. But being in a part-time role is perfect for someone who is trying to make their side hustle become full-time because you can have more flexibility around like you said, decreasing your your hours there. 
Um, and also I think a really good takeaway from what you just said is setting goals and having such a clear uh, focus as to why you are waking up at 5am and working till 10pm. Like you need to have that goal and that why and that focus. Um, otherwise it just gets really blurry and really depressing really quick. <laughs> I know. And that was the thing that when I finally went full time, you know, I had spent 12 months so fixated on this goal of going full-time and going full-time and we're going to be full-time that when I actually reached that goal, when I, you know, I reached the top of the mountain, I was so like, uh, what now? Like, um, like I felt really lost because for 12 months I had worked my butt off to get to this point. And now I'm finally at this point and I'm looking around thinking, um, (laughs) not, I wasn't thinking, is this it? But I was kind of thinking, is this it? Like I've worked so hard and this is it. Like, And it took me probably another three to six months to fully adjust to the new life and, you know, working full-time for the business. And I'd been working 60 hours a week. So now when I was only working, you know, 25, I was feeling really guilty and I was feeling like I wasn't productive. And it was this really, it was a hard time to adjust where a lot of people kind of think that once you go full-time, it's, it's amazing. And that's kind of the end of it. But in actual fact, it was really hard transition. But I just remember being so fixated on this goal that by the time I reached it thinking, ah, what now? Like now, what do I spend the next 12 months fixating on? So um, yeah, it was definitely a, a time of adjusting. Yeah. I mean, that's totally normal, especially in the sense of going from like having a team around you every day to then going to being home alone all day. Like that is a big thing in itself to get used to um and it can get quite lonely because I mean I don't know if you're like me but I'm quite a social person and I like to be surrounded by others so that mm-hmm. was a huge adjustment for me when I left my part-time job was not being surrounded by those people that lift you up and that motivate you every day um so yeah an adjustment period is is definitely needed when you do make make that switch um do you think you would be where you are today if you hadn't gone full-time when you did? Oh, oh, good question. Um, uh, No, probably not. Um, I think I went full-time at the perfect time um, in a sense that I had a good security safety net of income, but I also had a lot of clients lined up, probably too many clients lined up um, because once again, I was really scared and I wanted to make sure that I had all my ducks in a row. Um, I think that I would be close to where I am now if I went full-time, you know, earlier or later. Um, But I think by going full-time at the exact moment I did, you know, I went full-time and I had seven clients overlapping at once. That was kind of what I left my full-time job to come into because I thought, well, I'm just going to bundle all these clients together so that I know when I quit, I have this, you know, ongoing income and I have clients lined up, but it actually, it was a horrible, horrible decision on my part. I should never have had that many clients overlapping, but that enabled me to realize where my breaking point was and how many clients I could take on and how many clients I wanted to take on. Um, And also by having so many kind of clients lined up, and working still so much within the business when I really didn't have to be had I've not had so many clients. I just remember that being such a learning curve for me in the business of, wait a second, you don't have to work with seven clients at once. 
you don't actually have to work with any at once if you don't want to. Like this is your business. Like you can run it how you want to. And it was just such a learning curve, which I think having it happen immediately after I went full time really kind of changed the course of how I run and structure my business now. So I would like to think that I would be somewhat close to where I am now had I have gone full time at a different point. But I think the reality is that, I mean, everything happens for a reason and the kind of time I went full time was perfect for me and really changed the course of the business. But had I have gone full time earlier, I think I could have like financially I could have and um, client wise and success wise, I probably could have. Um, but mentally I wasn't ready. And I think that that's something you need to be like, you don't just want to jump and be really terrified and hate every second of it. Um, it's good to be scared though, like of jumping and making the commitment, but I think mentally you have to be ready. So I am glad that I waited that little bit extra to make Mm. sure that I was really ready to go full time. Yeah. I think, as you said, everything really does happen for a reason. Um, and you've already hinted at quite a few really, really awesome tips, but what else would you tell someone who is trying to make that exact same leap? Um, what kind of advice do you think you'd have for them, bef- you know, in the process of, of going full-time into the side hustle? Yeah, I think making sure that you have money saved up is my number one tip. Um, I just think it makes the world of difference in, you know, the way that you're then not you know, I went, I went full time and I had my safety net. So it meant that when I was sending out proposals, I wasn't, you know, pinning all of my hopes and dreams and pinning my bills on this person signing up to work with me. It meant that there was a lot more um, freedom and flexibility for when, you know, maybe I couldn't work or maybe I didn't want to take on um, another client. It just allowed me room to breathe and to know that if something goes wrong, I have a safety net. I have money saved up. Um, so that's like my number one thing is make sure you have money saved up. How much that is really depends on you and your needs and, you know, how much you can put aside and things like that. Um, I know people say, you know, three to six months. I would say minimum three months. I think that that's a good amount of money to kind of have if you need it. Um, and like for me, the thing is, is I've never actually touched that money. Like, And so I didn't, essentially, if looking back, I didn't need it, right? But knowing that it's there, knowing that it has, it was there when I went full time made the world of difference. But I would also say that work on like your processes and making sure that everything is really streamlined. I think that that's something that we tend to overlook. And then when we go full time, we realize that our processes aren't as good as what they could be. Um, I know for me, when I went full time, I was like, oh, I don't have a sales call and, oh, I don't do this and I don't send that. And I just, my process was a little behind. And I think had I have spent, you know, my time investing in that and making sure that that was all up to scratch before I went full-time, it would have made that transition even easier. Um, So that would be like another bit of advice, but just make sure that you have everything in place that, you know, your processes are streamlined, you're happy with how things run, um, you know, you're happy with the pricing of your services, things like that. I guess that brings me to another thing. If you are thinking of going full-time in the next couple of months, put your prices up Um, because what's going to happen is people are going to book in your services now for, you know, two, three months time. And by that time you might be full-time and that income isn't enough to actually sustain you anymore. So kind of forward thinking on, 
okay, well, if they're going to book in for three months time, I'm hopefully going to be full time, I'm going to need more money. So I'm going to raise my prices now in anticipation of booking those more clients. So they're kind of my tips. And also just, you know, trust your gut and trust yourself, be yourself, you know, don't go into business full time being someone else or being who you think Instagram needs you to be or because, you know, you see X, Y, and Z designer be like that. Just be yourself, trust yourself, trust your gut. Um, and yeah, it it is hard, but don't give up. Like it gets easier. Um, but yeah, those first few months and especially when you're working both can be really, really hard. And it can be, you know, one of those times where you're like, I can't see the end of the tunnel. Like it's just I'm working so much and I don't think that there's going to be any success. And you kind of just get really, I know for me, I got really down and out and I just, I felt really bogged down by work and overwhelmed. And I think just keep going. Like it does come a point where you're like, okay, I'm ready. I can do this. So that would be my advice if you're kind of in this situation. Yeah. I think those tips are so, so great for anyone listening who is wanting to make that, um, that, change um and I think like you said the circumstances are different for everyone um but like you said making sure that you have a really good amount of savings to kind of get you through that that adjustment period um and also forward thinking to the future that was a tip that you actually gave me on dm when I messaged you and I was like I want to go full-time but I'm scared um and when you said that to me I was like mind blown I would never never thought of this so that is such a such a good thing to to keep in mind as well Um, you've been working with some pretty cool clients over the years. And as I've heard you mention, they are all um, in the same industry. So you work a lot with uh, photographers and videographers. Mm -hmm. How how, how did that kind of happen? And do you think that having that kind of niche um, has been like a positive or has it been a negative thing for your business? Um, I think that... I'm not really sure how it happened, to be honest. I kind of, I definitely don't exclusively work with photographers and videographers. Um, I definitely have other clients in different industries, but a lot of them are photographers. And I think the thing about wedding photographers is, you know, once once you do one, then another wedding photographer sees it and it's kind of like a catalyst of just word of mouth and referrals. So that's kind of why my bookings always seem to be filled with wedding photographers, which I'm not mad about because I love weddings and I love photography. So um, there was definitely a point where I wanted to exclusively kind of niche down to that industry. So I focused my, um, you know, my wording and my messaging around that and kind of tailoring to that. And I definitely think that that had an impact. Um, And then I kind of after I did a few more, I thought, oh, maybe I kind of want to branch out. And I started to do some e-commerce um, brands and things like that. So now it's kind of like a nice variety of uh, e-commerce and service and um, wedding photographers and videographers. But um, I definitely think if you want to niche down, then niche down. Like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Um I mean, I like to mix things up a little bit, which is probably why I decided to un-niche down (laughs) I guess um but yeah I it kind of yeah came about because I did one and I thought I really like this I really want to work with wedding photographers I like working with other creatives um I like working with people who also you know are artists and create things and um 
see things in different ways than I see things, but also still through a creative lens. Um, So that was kind of how that came about. And yeah, ever since then, it's definitely been majority wedding photographers. Um, But yeah, and I, I love it. I really do love it. And I think that that's the thing is once you kind of do one and you start really promoting that brand and business and what you've done, more people are going to flock to that. You know, if you're promoting, you know, beauty salons and you're showing all these brandings that you do for beauty salons, 99% of the time, you're going to get a lot of beauty salon inquiries because that's what you're promoting, right? So um, it also comes down to that and your marketing and your messaging around what you do. And did you do a lot of that through Instagram? Yeah, it yeah, predominantly Instagram. I mean, there would have been small messaging tweaks on my website that I would have updated. Um, but yeah, for the most part, Instagram is the main part yeah. where I sell. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. I think it's it's really cool to have a niche because then you can get you can become the expert in their field. Totally. Yeah. I was reading um a book the other day about someone who their niche was uh, wineries and doing wine labels, wine branding, wine marketing. And they would study every single day to learn everything they could about the process of making wine from start to finish so that when their clients did come to them, they knew that they could trust them and that they were the expert um, in the field. So it's cool that you can sort of become the expert in the, is it wedding photography that you that are your clients or is yeah, it I would say that yeah most of my clients are wedding photographers yeah. but I think too the thing is you don't just have to niche down industry right like you don't have to niche down to industries and I think when we think a lot about niching in the design world and when it's spoken a lot about people automatically assume that you have to niche down to industry or a certain person in terms of you know women or men but you really don't like there's a lot more to niching so I would say that I niche down in terms of strategy I would say that I position myself as an expert within that field and that I niche down on that but I also niche down by mainly doing boho modern branding like you can niche down by style uh, industry by services by who you work with so there are a lot of ways to niche down that aren't just industry related so you know I might I generally only work with women so I might say that my niche is women who are after strategy-led design that's boho and modern, but that might look, you know, different across, you know, 15 different industries. But I'm still niching down because I'm still working with just women who want boho and modern strategic or strategy-led design. But they might be from, you know, a wedding photographer. They could be SEO specialist. They could be an e-commerce product. So, yes, I'm niching, but it might not look like I'm niching to just the general public, if that yeah. makes any No, I totally get what you mean. Um, and I think your style is so, so um, obvious and apparent on your Instagram, right? Like whenever you land on your Instagram page, it's that really like colourful boho style and I love it. And I think your clients or potential clients of yours would have that same reaction. So they know exactly what your niche is slash what your yeah. style is. Um, and speaking of Instagram, I think Instagram is such an interesting place Mm. and I know designers that do not have an Instagram account, but that work for themselves full time and they are super, super successful. Um, for you though, would you say that Instagram and having an account and being consistent has been a catalyst in your personal growth? Yeah, 
Um, in terms of like business and clients and success, I guess Instagram attributes to 100% of my <laughs> clients. Um, I, I take that back, maybe 90%. Like I, re- I rarely get an inquiry from someone that says, oh, I found you on Google. Like that just rarely, rarely happens. Um, so Instagram, I definitely didn't anticipate it to become my main source of work and my main way to market myself and promote my work. I didn't ever look at it as a marketing tool. I just looked at like, you know, for personal reasons, it's just Instagram, share photos with your friends. Um, but yeah, it definitely changed the way I view business. Some positive, some not so positive. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely been a catalyst for my business and changing how I get clients and mm. how I push my work out there. Yeah, for sure. And I, I would say the same as well for my inquiries. Probably a lot of them are referrals, but a lot of them are Instagram. And I think a lot of people can see Instagram. I, I mean, it's getting less and less now, but maybe at the start, a lot of people would see Instagram as a bit of a joke or like, why are you taking it so seriously? Like you're spending hours, you know, putting effort into creating these posts, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, it has been so, so amazing. So I think that that is something pretty important for up and coming business owners to kind of take seriously is like their Instagram marketing strategy. Mm. Again, like as, you know, as weird as that can sound to some people, um, I think as you've just said, it can be such a such a great thing to help you scale your business. Um, and like we mentioned, it has been one year now of you working full time. Um, if you could share your biggest achievement or milestone yet, what do you think that would be for the past um, 12 months? I would probably say launching the course. Mm. I launched Strategy Simplified, which is a course for designers teaching them all about brand strategy. Um, I have loved strategy ever since I learned it. And the I often, because I would often share about it, I would often get designers say, oh, like, do you have any resources on this? And could you teach this? And so I came out with a resource and it was like really just a PDF. And it, I mean, to be quite honest, it wasn't amazing, um, but it did it like it covered a lot. And that was kind of what I stuck with. And then I decided to take it down because I wanted to revamp it. And I had always loved the idea of launching a course, but I just thought, I don't know. I felt like I wasn't educated enough to teach people. I felt like no one would trust little old me teaching about strategy. I was really scared that I was going to give the wrong information or that I was going to teach something wrong. Um, So I had always wanted to do a course, but I just never got around to it. And then I actually had coaching uh, at the end of last year or the middle to end of last year. And that kind of changed everything for me. And it kind of became this, you know, this idea of a course kind of became quite real. Um, And so, yeah, I launched the course in Feb of this year and it was hands down my biggest achievement in the last 12 months for sure that and going full-time in itself is probably a big achievement and taking this tiny little of course for other designers was definitely a success story from the last 12 months no that's amazing and it's it is such an achievement and from the from from seeing it online it looks like it has been working so well and as I mentioned at the start um, I took the course earlier this year I don't know was I in the first intake yeah. yeah, yeah, the first intake um, early this year. And it really helped me a lot um, to, yeah, to implement brand strategy in my 
branding process, um, what I was doing beforehand was really, really basic. So, um, and you know, the, the way that you delivered the course was so, so well done. Did you, did you take a course on delivering courses? No, I didn't. <laughs> um, no, I definitely didn't. I kind of just, I nutted out kind of the, um, I guess the, uh, like the structure, the main structure with my coach. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I was a newbie to the whole thing, but I have spreadsheets upon spreadsheets upon spreadsheets. Like I said at the start, I am a type A person. So I am a list maker. Um, I had everything from my module plan to my module scripts to my filming days, like everything planned out. Um, yeah, I really had no idea what I was doing, but it seems to have worked. <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. I, I always wonder whether people that um, do launch courses or not, like whether, because I know some people do take a course on launching a course yes. um, before doing it. But obviously, like you just said, that's not always necessary. And if you just go into it being organized and just having a clear, I guess, structure, um, then yes. it can be done really, really well. Um, and obviously, yeah. education is something that you value a lot because you've obviously come out with an educational course. Um, and it's interesting working for yourself because when you work for someone else, a lot of companies do have so many, um, development, um, programs and they are always giving their employees ways to further their development. Um, is there any way that you have done that for yourself in terms of keeping on learning and keeping on growing? Yeah, definitely. I try to invest in um, my business as much as I can. My philosophy is you can't uh, no like I can't expect clients to invest in me if I'm not willing to invest in myself. Um, so yeah, I have taken uh, a few courses, but I also invest in other ways like through coaching or through, you know, um, I, you know, you invest in yourself through the programs that you purchase and through the fonts that you buy and, you know, getting new photos and things like that. But in terms of education, I've done a couple of courses um, just when I feel like I need, um, like I wanted to learn Shopify so that I could offer e-commerce websites. So I took Morgan Raps Amplify Shopify. So just when I feel like I want to offer something or learn something new, um, yeah, I'll invest in education. But um yeah, I don't have anything that I'm currently invested in, but I'm always, always looking for new things to invest in. Yeah, that's awesome. It is so important um, because as, as I mentioned, when you do work for yourself, it's kind of all on you to make sure that yeah. you are always growing. Um, and I think it's such a good thing, as you said, like if your clients are going to invest in you, it's so important that you hold yourself up to a really high standard and that you keep growing and keep learning um, and you have to, really motivate yourself to do that because no one else is going to enroll you in a personal development course. You know, <laughs> you have to do it yourself. And I've seen that you're an avid uh, book reader. Um, you read yes. one book a day for like 12 days. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. I go through phases where I just, uh, I just get hooked. I read. And then once I start, I can't stop. And I don't know how I get anything done because I just want to read all the time. Um, yeah. And I can't walk past like Dimmicks without, you know, dropping a hundred dollars on books, which is not good for the bank account. Um, but yeah, I love reading, but I'm, I'm like a strictly romance kind of fiction 
reader. I'm I I rarely read for educational purposes. Right. <laughs> I like to read to get away from work, <laughs> not to <laughs> learn more. Like okay. Just, I was I was, I was gonna to... ask if you had any business book recommendations, but never mind. Fiction. There only. is one. Um, it's called. Uh, uh, look, I'm probably butchering it, but Passion, Profit, Purpose, or maybe in a different order. Um, and that's pretty good. That uh, it's kind of like a workbook as well in terms of. It asks you all these questions. And yeah, I think that that's really good, especially if you're kind of struggling with, you know, how to market yourself and wondering at your why and your core values and things like that and really getting to the core of your passion um, and your purpose. Then I definitely think that that's a good one. But yeah, otherwise I try to read to, um, I find that reading is my escape. You know, when you work from home and you work for yourself, your brain is constantly thinking about work and when I watch a movie or a tv show I can still be scrolling instagram or I can still be thinking about the email I need to write or the work I need to do whereas when I'm reading it requires 100% of my focus and attention so it's kind of like my little outlet um so yeah I try to read to escape my workload (laughs) yeah it is so important to have that outlet because when you do work from home like work is constantly um around you um, and what does your work from home routine look like? Yes, um, it's pretty structured because um, I like structure and I don't I don't deal well with, I'm not the type of person to say, oh, I'll just wake up tomorrow and we'll go from there. We'll figure it out tomorrow. That doesn't work for me. So I wake up at seven every morning <laughs> and I go for a walk. And then by the time I get back, I just like get ready and have breakfast. And then I pretty much immediately sit down at my computer at like eight. Um, I'm pretty, yeah, I find I find it really hard to not start work if I'm sitting in my house, um, which again comes back to that work-life balance and like working from home is hard. It's hard to switch off and, you know, it's hard for me to sit on my couch when I can see my desk and see my work and um try and switch off when I know what I've got to do. So yeah, I start work at eight and um, I go through till four. Sometimes I finish at 12. You know, there are days where, you know, my mental health isn't right or my head's not in it, or I realize that I'm not doing any good work. So I should take the day off and then I'll finish early. Some days I work from the couch, other days I work from my desk. in that sense, it changes in terms of what time I finish and where I work from. But for the most part, I just, yeah, sit down and work. I don't have any fun rituals. I wish I did. Um, I try to make myself a coffee. That's about it. Um, I try to take a lunch break. That sometimes works. That sometimes doesn't. I like to read on my lunch break. Um, yeah, I don't have, I wish I had this really glamorous, nice working from home ritual. Um, I'm about to move house. So I'm hoping that once I'm in that new house that maybe I'll cultivate a new ritual or a new working from home kind of lifestyle. But for the moment, it's pretty boring. I wake up and work and then I finish. <laughs> it's pretty basic. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah. Do you have any sort of like any productivity tips or things that you like to do to keep you on track yeah um I'm a list maker so I write a list um I used to write them like hand write them um but I use Asana for like all of my client project management so one day I was like oh let's save all this paper we're writing and just do it in Asana um and I really like it because then I've just got like a board for South Coast Studio tasks and yeah in Asana I can 
like put the due date that I'm required to do it. And I literally just have like a Monday, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday kind of um, task section. And then I just put all the jobs in there. And if I don't get it done, I just move it to the next day. Um, but yeah, I find that I'm way more productive if I have a list that I can tick off or cross off or mark off when I've done something. Um, I'm the type of person who will do a job and then write it on the list just so I can cross it off the list to feel more accomplished. I think we all do that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I use Asana for productivity, but um, yeah, I used to do like um, in Google calendar where you like block out, um, you know, two hours for this and I'd cover coded and that was really, really good. And then over the Christmas break, which yes, was like seven months ago, I just stopped and I never got back into it. Um, And now I'm more of a, what do I feel like working on this morning? Unless something's urgent and needs to be sent. Yeah, I kind of go based off what I feel like working on mm. um, and where kind of my head's at, you know, do I feel like writing the strategy? Do I feel like creating something and kind of go based off that? But yeah, Asana and list writing is like my main tip yeah. for productivity. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how people do it that don't use lists. Like I would just get so lost. Like what am I doing today? What are my goals? So Um, I do a list every single morning as well. And I think it is such a great way to keep on track and keep focused um, when you're working from home. Do you think that you'll ever maybe get like a studio space one day? Do you think that could be on the cards or, or you're happy at home? I have been looking, um, but it's just at the moment, it's more of a want rather than a need. Um, And I, yeah, I just can't justify forking out you know, thousands and thousands of dollars when I am about to move into a house that has a perfectly good office for me. Um, so yeah, it's definitely on the cards. I would say probably within the next 12 months, I'd like to look at it. Um, but I'm also super fussy and I want it to look pretty and be like aesthetically pleasing. And unfortunately that costs money. So, um, yeah, not right now, but it is on the cards for probably the next 12 months or so. Yeah. I feel like you and Amber could have like your amazing little studio space together. It's, uh, it's been talked about. It's something for me in the works. <laughs> yes, so good. And before we wrap up, what else is in the works for you in the next 12 months? What are your goals that you're working towards? Um, yeah, what are, what are on the cards? What are you excited about? Um, I am currently about to launch one-to-one uh, coaching or mentoring for other designers, which is super exciting. Um, that should be launched in the next couple of weeks. It's something that I'm really, really passionate about. Um, I'm passionate about receiving mentoring and coaching as, as a designer, but I'm, I've also always been that person that I just love to listen and give advice and help other designers and empower them. So Um, I really wanted to kind of offer this and it's kind of an extension of what I already do. Like my DMs are kind of flooded with, you know, coaching and mentoring anyway. So it's just an extension of that. So that's coming up. I'm really excited about that. Um, Otherwise it's really just client work. I'm taking off a couple of months at the end of the year. Um, I've had a really big year, so I'm really just wanting to prioritize some rest for now and just relax a little bit. So yeah, I'm hoping to take off two or three months at the end of the year. So yeah, client work, I'll reopen Strategy Simplified in October. Um, And yeah, maybe an office space within the next 12 months. Um, There's a couple of other things that are on the cards that are, one is not South Coast Studio related. It's another business venture, which is kind of exciting. Um, And there's another one that's semi-South Coast Studio related. So 
Hopefully all that comes to fruition within the next 12 months. But yeah, lots of big things. But I think mainly I'm just really excited to kind of slow down a little bit. I've kind of been go, go, go for the last 12 months. Um, and I'm still very much go, go, go at the moment. But um, yeah, I definitely can see this next kind of, I guess, season, as they say, being a little bit more slowed down and a little bit more relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely important to take that time off, especially when, yeah. you know, with the two intakes that you did have for your course and working with so many clients at a time um it's yet yeah, so important to prioritize your mental health um because again when you work for yourself you don't have anyone to be like hey slow down you're doing too much you need to just take some health days so it's it's important to be so self-aware when you are um your own boss and actually before we before we wrap up one more question um i <laughs> saw that recently you started doing one client per month Mm-hmm. um processes I guess um is that was that kind of another reason was to was because it was just too much working with more than one yeah I kind of got to the point where I was just feeling really burnt out and I had always tried to kind of line up clients so they were in different stages but it was never really working out and then I was having you know three or four clients you know doing strategy phase all at once and that is exhausting and then they'd all move to the concept phase together and that just net that produced horrible work so um i kind of just got to the point where i was like i just need i want to slow things down i want to work with less clients um so yeah i started just doing one client per month um which is good it does mean there's still obviously overlap because my projects are longer than four weeks so but at maximum I should never work with more than three or four clients um and that's really really helped in making sure that I have you know space to move things around to feel more creative to not feel like I'm having to work 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 all the time you know at when I was working with so many clients at once it would kind of get to like four, five, 6 p.m. and I'd still be working and like stressed because I'm still working. Whereas now it might get to lunchtime and I allow myself to take the afternoon off because nothing's urgent and I don't have seven clients at once. I only have two. And it just allows me to have more of a work-life balance. Um, And I definitely understand that's not feasible for everyone because we all have different lifestyles and different budgets and um, we all charge different things. But for me, that has worked the best in making sure that I obviously am making enough to live and support my lifestyle, but also so that I am allowing myself to rest and not be burnt, so burnt out. Cause it got to the point where I thought I can't keep doing this, like send me back to a nine to five job because I'm so exhausted and so burnt out. Um, and that doesn't help anyone. So yeah, one client a month and it works wonders for me. <laughs> That's amazing. And yeah, having that resentment feeling towards your business is one of the most awful things that can happen. Mm. So yeah, I think it's important to figure out what works for you. And if that's one client per month, that's great. If it's 10 per month, which I know some people do so many (laughs) per month, Um, but if it works for you, I don't know how it works for you, but if it works for you, then that's, that's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing so much with us. I feel like anyone listening who's maybe at the start of their career and wanting to go full-time has hopefully gained so much in this episode and also learning more about your business and your journey. Um, So where can people find you if they want to know more, if they're more curious? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, which is where I am most of the time. I haven't been for the last couple of weeks because I'm 
just trying to slow down a little bit. Um, but my Instagram is at southco.studio. Um, and my website, if you want to check out my website, is also southco.studio. Nice and simple. <laughs> so good. Amazing. And if there are any aspiring designers listening, um, you mentioned October intake is happening for Strategy Simplified. Yes. Um, I would 100%, you know, recommend anyone to have a look into it and um, potentially do it because it honestly changed my process so so much and I'm so grateful for that for that course it was so amazing Bye. so thank you so much again and to everyone listening um, my Instagram is at Coco Studio underscore 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 <laughs> I really need <laughs> I really need to get the at Coco Studio uh, that would make my day so that will happen one day. But for now, just look up Coco Studio and you'll find me. And thank you so much for listening. And I will see you guys next week with another episode. Bye. Bye.